0: Let's read Acts chapter eight, from uh, verse one to down to verse eight. Saul was in hearty agreement with putting him t- to death. You know, uh, whom was put to death? It was Stephen. And we continue now from there. Some devout men buried Stephen and made loud limitation over him. Have you ever thought about it? That was uh, something that was uh, very important for me. What was it actually? Loud limitation. But Saul began ravaging the church Entering house after house, dragging off men and women, he would put them in prison. And now therefore those who had been scattered went about preaching their word. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and began preaching, proclaiming Christ to them. The crowd was on in one accord give given attention to what was said by Philip as they heard and saw the signs which he was performing. For in this case, of many who had unclean spirit, they were coming out of them shouting with loud voices, and many who had been paralyzed and lame were healed so there was much rejoicing in that city. Praise the Lord. Now, uh, my topic this morning is Jesus, the supreme martyr. Now, it's very interesting uh, what Jesus did, and we uh, see very clearly. And there's a scripture in Revelation chapter 1, verse 5. And this morning I, I want to give something to our dear uh, Greek uh, people. May I read it in Greek perhaps for you. Yes? That's how John actually put it down. Verse 5. Kai apo, Jesu Christu homartus ho pistis. Ho, po, toto, costone, necron. Have you understood it? No, some not. But in Jesus Christ, the witness, the true witness, and martyr. I read it in Greek because witness here is being called martyr. And we see there are speaking martyrs and there are dying martyrs. A speaking martyr is a witness who speaks about the things which were there. And he is the true martyr. Now, Jesus, supreme martyr. Now, we know the book of Acts have never been closed. Did you know that? Has never been closed. The book of Acts is being written in all days. Ever since the church came into being, it's the book of Acts still to be written. And that's very interesting that God's acts and God's working has not stopped with the apostles, has it? No. they are men and women, servants of the Lord, who do serve the Lord with all of their strength. Hallelujah. Now, ever since... This book of Acts is being written now, it's been written written this morning. The Fox's Book of Martyrs, perhaps you have read it, I've uh, read it, not everything, is very interesting. In the very first pages, he speaks about that Jesus Christ was the first martyr. Now Jesus didn't die the death of a martyr. He died the death of the Lamb of God. And that's very interesting. All the martyrs died because they loved Jesus and the testimony of Jesus. And they confessed it very clearly. And so was Stephen a martyr. And Stephen, when he uh, spoke out and called out, Lord, do not hold this sin against him. And then he died. Very interesting for me anyway. When we know the stoning process, process how it was, Stephen, he was able still to kneel down. Now we know stoning was not just something everybody picked up a little stone and threw against him. No. A stoning was usually done this way. And I think I explained it last time. But just to remind you, this man who was supposed to be stoned, and that's what it wanted to do with Jesus too. They let him at the edge of a cliff, and then they pushed him down, and then he landed down somewhere, perhaps some 10, 15 meters, I don't know. And then they picked up some little boulders, and they threw it down onto this person. It might have hit his chest, Imagine a boulder as big as a football. This been thrown down off him. And yet his bone might have been broken through the fall, coming down. And he still was able to kneel down, we read. And he prayed, Lord, do not hold this sin against him. And then he was dead. And then we read, And I found out, and I wanted to know whether any other translation has a little bit better explanation what happened to Stephen, whether it was a great morning or so. And I found it in the Jewish, new or actually complete Jewish Bible. And the complete Jewish Bible said, they had a deep mourning. These godly men who picked up the body of Stephen and they buried him and they mourned deeply about him. Now that's all I, I read. We know the way in Israel they sometimes did mourning and they could hire some um, uh, women, you know, and we see them every now and then in the Bible. And they were especially trained to be making a commotion of mourning and so on. And what they did, they put ashes on their head and they were rolling in ashes and then they were mourning perhaps, oh my brother, or oh God. And this kind of mourning and now we know perhaps the Christians in that time did not mourn as they people who didn't know Jesus at all. Now we know, and the Bible says very clearly, the Jewish Bible says, some godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply. Now we, we do sometimes mourn, don't we? when a partner your wife or your husband dies. I remember when my father died, I was but nine years old. And I was so sad. But one thing was good, hallelujah, the church. And I saw the church rejoicing at the grave and they were singing about the wonderful hope we have in Jesus Christ. And I overcame this morning, and in my heart there was something planted in. There was the song, "Nearer, my God to thee." Do you know this song? "Nearer, my God to thee." I had a little mouth organ, you know, and I took it in my mouth when I went to bed, covered the duna over my head and played this song over and over and over again until I felt that wonderful feeling of peace and hope. My father, I'm going to see him again. Hallelujah. Now it's very important, as we see here, Stephen's martyrdom actually initiated a time of persecution upon the church. And history says about 2,000 Christians were killed in that time. 2,000. And even one of his fellow deacon of Stephen by the name Nicanor, he was killed. And many Many others. Imagine 2,000 people from the church in Jerusalem were martyred. The early church did not, mar- uh, did, did not mourn as they, they didn't have any hope. And the Apostle Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse, uh, 4, verse 13, But we do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep, so that you will not grieve as do the rest who have no hope. So Paul was given a clear uh, instruction and said this is happening, but there is a day coming where those who are in Christ, dead in Christ, they will rise again together with us. And we will meet the Lord in the air. And therefore comfort each other with these words. Hallelujah. We have comfort. We have a hope. Hallelujah. Samarim, you have got a hope with your mom too. Hallelujah. You have got a hope. And this is, we will see, our brothers and sisters, in the presence of the Lord again. Hallelujah. The Lord is is so good. Now we see here Jesus disregarded the hired wailing women. When Jesus came to that place of Yahweh, his daughter has died and Jesus came to him. And we read there in Mark chapter or yeah, we read there in Mark chapter uh, five, twenty nine, forty. And they say, And entering in, he said to them, Why make a commotion and weep? The child is, has not died, but is asleep. And all of a sudden, the women switched over from mourning into laughing. They laughed at Jesus. And we see here, Then they began laughing at him but he said, put him out of him. He took only the child's father and mother into a room and his companion. These were the apostles who were with him. The early church did not hire wailing women. Now it was in the early in the first century, was normal. They had a great hope. But in the second century, some things were trying to creep into the early church as well. And all of a sudden, and listen to this, all of a sudden in the second gen- century, they started again with mourning and hiring women to mourn their dead. And it was actually forbidden amongst the church and it was a reason for expulsion out of the church that meant if you hired mourning people the church would kick you out because it was contradicting the message of the gospel and in the 4th century there was a great preacher The early church had great men of God and in the 4th century there was a man, Chrysostomus, a strong preacher and he said the wailing commotion contradicts the hope of life, of hope of eternal life. And so many, many were then stopping and uh, having a commotion Jesus himself, and interesting, when Jesus was on the Via Dolorosa, anybody knows what it is? I haven't been in Jerusalem. Anyone has been in Jerusalem? Have you been there? Did you walk the via Dolorosa? Yes, you walked. Now Jesus was walking that road to the cross. And we read, and following him, was a large crowd of people and women who were mourning and lamenting him. But Jesus turned to them and said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep. Stop weeping. Weep for, stop weeping for me. But weep for yourselves and your children. Jesus rejected weeping and mourning about him because she know he is going to rise up again. The day is going to come when Jesus will raise up and his church will see him. Hallelujah. Now Stephen was with the Lord. He saw the Lord. And he was with the Lord already. But God awoke another evangelist. And that's an interesting thing. And there was another evangelist. And we read about him. His name was Philip. Or as the Greek would say, Philippos. So Philip, he was one of the seven deacons as well. And he went down to Jerusalem, proclaiming Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. There was something active in the church. The apostles didn't go from Jerusalem. They stayed in Jerusalem. Why was it? Because they were there for the church. But others ventured out and preached. And so was Stephen and Stephen, or Philip rather. Stephen and what was his first encounter? And we read in verse 7 and his first encounter. For in the case of many who had unclean spirits, they were coming out of them shouting with a loud voice, and many who had been paralyzed and lame were healed. The first encounters Philip had was the demonic forces. And we must not think, this is a thing of the past, They are still people, they can be demonically bound and possessed by demons. Interesting, when Peter was proclaiming the gospel to Cornelius, and we read it in Acts chapter 10, 33, You know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. And how he went about doing good and healing all who were possessed by the devil. For God was with him. Jesus, wherever he came, he encountered the power of Satan as well. Possessed people. And now our dear brother this morning mentioned already something from Mark chapter 5 that demoniac from Gazarene. And we know this story, it tells us not only that, but Jesus, as he was going over the sea in Nazareth to that particular place, there was a severe storm in Mark 4:37, and there arose a fierce gale of wind. And the waves were breaking over the boat so much that the boat was already filling up. Here was an attack of Satan as well. And Jesus is the master of the storm. Amen? Hallelujah. Now when they came to the other side, a man was running towards Jesus and the disciples. And Jesus was Demanding this uh, um, demon to leave this man alone. And we read of a man. He was demon possessed with a legion of demons. With a legion of demons. And he was a pitiful human being. He lived in the tombs. Constantly Day and night screaming and is screaming surrounded through all the mountains. And this man was horribly, horribly tormented by a legion of demons. No one was able to bound him, no one was able to hold him or to bring him back into society. But this demon-possessed man, he was running around in horrible screaming throughout the night. And now Jesus came. Hallelujah. Jesus came. And I tell you what, demon-possessed people who are from, uh, tormented by demons It's not a funny business. I have experienced in my ministry things like that. It's not a funny business. There needs the power of God. Hallelujah. And Jesus set this man free. And we know what happened. He set this man free. And the demon asked for permission to enter the swine that were grazing at the side of the sea, at the bankment. And these swine ran into the sea, and the demons as well, and they were all drowned. Now after demon-possessed people had been set free, and that was with Philip the case, we see that others who were paralyzed or who were lame got healed and there's something wonderful. If somebody goes out and ministering and we should pray always for those who start a new work and go out. And that's also for our dear brother John. Now he went into that place coming down And we should pray for him that he might be strong in the name of Jesus. Philip had a wonderful, wonderful victory. And then we read there in verse 8. And they were much rejoicing in that city. Hallelujah. The power of Satan was broken in the life of many who were possessed with demons. And others got healed. Hallelujah. And there was much rejoicing in that city. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the answer for this world. Amen. Hallelujah. And we thank the Lord. The Lord is so good to us. Do not mourn about those who went to be with the Lord. We should rejoice because this person is with the Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you will see how much uh, how close somebody walks with Jesus if a relative passes away. And how they handle it. How they handle it. And that's so important. Now we see the church went on and on and it's still going on. Aren't we glad that the spirit of God is still there? And God can do something wonderful. Wonderful. He has done something in my body. And I'm so glad. I'm so glad, hallelujah. I'm now able to travel again. And the Lord willing, we will uh, go to Germany, perhaps in, in July, August or so. We'll see. But we have to put everything in the Lord's hand. There was a great rejoicing in that city. Many got healed. Others got set free from demonic powers. Only there where demonic powers are we can drive out people. There where is no demonic power we can drive them out. And sometimes it's something we have to distinguish very clearly. Not everybody funny behaving is necessarily demon possessed. There are things we can and must check. Now we see here this Philip he was preaching the gospel and people got baptized and there we see then something else. And I'm going to preach, the Lord willing, next time about two Simons. Yes? The Lord willing, I will preach about two kinds of Simons. And may the Lord bless us. Yes, our dear brother Aroni and his wife and the rest of Our dear people from the Fiji Islands, I think this week you're going, when are they going? Pardon? Friday. Friday. So we want to bless you and want to pray for you.